Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are recording our first show 
back in Costa Rica. Yeah. So the internet held up, <laughs> the jungle internet. We were a little worried about that because it's always iffy here in Costa Rica whether our Wi-Fi will be in or out. <laughs> but it we're good. <laughs> but it was great. And we had an awesome interview where we talked about how to handle stress so that it doesn't negatively affect our relationship, which is just something that's pretty darn common. Yes, it is. And we interviewed Dr. Melanie Greenberg. She is a clinical psychologist specializing in stress and relationships. She has written the book, The Stress Proof Brain. And she also has a blog on psychology today called The Mindful Self-Express. A lot of the things we talk about in the show, they're not revolutionary like things that if you're into improving yourself that you probably haven't heard before but we relate them to the relationship and as we say in the show they always take practice it's not like we flip a switch we're like oh yeah i need to be mindful and oh yeah i need to think about the bigger picture all of these things we might understand at some point but then they take practice and Melanie gives us some great ways to think about how to appreciate our partner and so that when we're stressed out about something they're doing, we're not letting that negatively affect the relationship. Yeah. And and just know, like Chase mentioned on the note of it taking practice, like Chase and I are both pretty aware of, of these strategies and tools that she's given us. And we still struggle. There are so many times that our reactive brain or our dumb brain, as we say in the show, takes over and everything that we thought we knew just goes out the door. So it's just about trying harder and, and, and not being so hard on yourself when that does happen. And then just keep practicing and, and being mindful of yourself and practicing the tools that she gives us so you can get to that point where it uh, happens less. When you're enlightened? Yeah. That, at that point? <laughs> it never ends. It That's never the frustrating ends. thing. Yeah. But, but it's it also, gets easier, I yeah, think, when you practice. It's going to get easier. And, but you got to get your pen and paper out, write the stuff down, and then just pick one a day. You know, or or one a week, or whatever it is, and you got to start somewhere, and it's going to improve your relationship and your personal happiness as well. So, I know I am feeling more stress free here in Costa Rica now that we've gotten settled in. We've been here for three mu- uh, three weeks now, and. Uh, the roads are bumpy. The internet doesn't always work, but I love the... <laughs> the water wasn't on this morning. The, the water, electricity, <laughs> spotty. But uh, I like the quote uh, on the uh, one of the local hotels says, bad roads bring good people. And, uh, and they I do. think it's true. And <laughs> there's a lot of great people here in the town that we're in. We're happy to be back. And uh, I know there's a lot of great people out there listening to this. We appreciate you guys uh, giving us those five-star reviews, sending us messages, getting on the Facebook uh, Love Tribe page and sharing your stories and helping each other out. It's really a beautiful thing to see. 
And I know we we missed uh, last week's episode was during the the holiday weeks in in the states Thanksgiving, and uh, maybe you still have family around, or you're going into the holiday season where family will be around and and stress will be high. <laughs> um, we know so there are uh, a couple episodes uh, that we've actually done on dealing with stress with families and the holidays, and and we'll link to that in the show notes so that you guys can check out those episodes as well. Enjoy today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Melanie. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. Melanie, we've given our listeners a little overview of your work as a clinical psychologist. Why don't you take a minute? Tell us why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. I think relationships are the substance of life. I think they are the most important thing in many ways. When you have, when people are on their deathbed, they don't say, "I should have spent another few hours at the office." They say, "You know, they value the time with loved ones." You know, that's kind of that's the essence, and so. I think it's very important and, and that by helping people with relationships, you can really enhance their, their quality of life, their health, and uh, their loving nature. And so that's why I think I like to do it. And also, I think that relationships often take skill, skill at managing your responses, skill at communicating, skill at managing stress and emotions. And many people just with some tweaks and knowledge of, of the skills can do so much better. Relationships definitely take skill. <laughs> and it sounds, yeah, it's like, duh. But it's like, if you play a sport and you don't just, you're not just born able to play it and you need to practice the skills and you're going to get better. And a relationship is no different. I think a lot of times we assume we should just know how to do this. Like it's some sort of natural thing. And it, it's, Unfortunately, not mm -hmm. that way. And today's topic is one that I know I have struggled with and probably a lot of our listeners. I think if you're a human being, <laughs> you've struggled <laughs> yes. with this. And, <laughs> and that is stress and how our stress response can negatively affect our relationships. So why don't we start by talking about what goes on in our body when we're stressed out? So there's wiring in our body and brain to respond to stress that goes back to thousands of years to our ancestors. And the stress response was originally, we believe, developed to help people survive. So it, it's there's a part of your brain that indicates there's a threat. And in the old days, the threats used to be lions and tigers and marauding tribes. And so there's a part of the brain called the amygdala, which is an almond-shaped structure right in the center of your brain. That its function is to very quickly sense a threat, assess it, 
and initiate a response of fight flight where you have a cascade of hormones and neurotransmitters that are basically revving you up to run away or to fight. And this response is so quick that it happens even before the thinking parts of your brain can even get on board. And that's why it can get us into trouble because of, of the kind of both the intensity and the speed of the reactivity can make us react with fight or flight and say things we regret and, and do harm to our relationships before our brains even caught up with it. I think a significant, I think we can all relate to that. <laughs> yeah, and a significant portion of relationship problems originate from the amygdala, the damn amygdala. Like we know, we know better. Taking off and you know putting the brain in emergency mode. Yes, and 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 I mean. It's it's important to understand and we want to talk about it more because, um, you know, we all hear about fight or flight, but it's a part of our biology. And it's like those times that you said something and it's in the heat of the moment or you just feel I know the way it manifests in me is like I just feel like when I get triggered, it's it's like something over coming me and and it's a part mm -hmm. of ourselves but it's like the dumb part of ourselves when you know that this reptilian <laughs> brain right and and it's it's what has helped us survive and it's very instinctual but it's not the best thing when it comes to relating with other people um so why mm -hmm. don't we could talk a little bit more about the response but i want to really dig into how we can sh not shut down that amygdala because obviously it serves a purpose to a point, but to be mindful, I know that's that's one of the tools and, and to address uh, our reptilian brain and eliminate these negative responses. Right. Um, reptilian brain. Yeah, so there's also a freeze response, uh, which can happen where you, if, when we feel, you know, even a, a much larger, huge extent of danger that's overpowering, we can sometimes freeze and just not know what to do or say. And that also doesn't help in relationships because people might think we're ignoring them. Certainly. So, yeah, we got the three Fs, fight, flight, or freeze. freeze. <laughs> and right, seems like people would be doing one of those, but fighting is probably... Uh, one of the one of the major ones are the confrontational ones. I, I'm thinking of just saying something, uh, you know, when we don't really meet it, or or definitely retreating right. and, and being silent. The silent treatment, um, exactly. or, or not Shutting knowing down. what to say. Um, so how can we? Obviously, we can't just solve this all in one podcast. But you know, for all the different circumstances, but how can we? address this stress response and handle it better so that, you know, you know, the common saying, we let our emotions get the, the better of ourselves. To me, that's like, we're letting our amygdala get, get the upper hand. How can we take a pause and, and not let that take over and negatively affect the relationship? So I have an article that I wrote called five ways um, to a five ways to a stress proof brain. And so I have five different things you can do. Um, slowing things down and staying mindful, finding a sense of control, 
broadening your view and finding the right mindset. So I'm going to discuss some of those today. And the first thing you need to do is, is to slow everything down because this amygdala response, if it's just so quick that you need to give the thinking parts of your brain time to get on board. And in order to do that, you kind of just need to stop and slow your breathing and slow your physiology so that you actually can get into a state where you can think rationally because initially you're not in that state when you're triggered. And so just stopping whatever you're doing, slowing your breathing. And, you know, they say take a deep breath and count to 10, and that seems so obvious, but at the same time, people don't understand why. And so people don't necessarily do it. It seems too simple. But just slowing everything down is step one. Slowing your breathing, slowing your thinking, slowing your reactivity, not feeling like you have to act immediately. And then the second step is to is to to stay mindful. So to get your mindfulness on board. What does that mean? It means trying to redirect yourself from being in an automatic state of, of reactivity and fearfulness and defensiveness to just to slowing it down and just being trying to look at what's happening. What's happening here? And so being mindful might be asking yourself. What's happening in my body? Maybe anger is arising in your chest, for example, or fear in your stomach. And then another thing that's happened is, you know, I'm I'm feeling this impulse to say something really mean to, to this person. And so just notice that impulse. And then being mindful means that you, you can have a choice whether to act on it when you slow it down. So thinking to yourself, well, would it be helpful to say that right now? Would that be helpful to my relationship? If I'm thinking very critically, you know, could there be a, a more compassionate way to look at this? Am I acting according to my values? Am I being strategic? What about my love for the person? And to so to bring to bring that in. So when you're talking about slowing it down and being mindful, like to me that sounds like wow, that's great. And to be able to do that would be almost like enlightening, right? Because you can just control your emotions and easily, hopefully resolve a situation. But when it comes down to it, it's really hard to do that, to to stop yourself Mm -hmm. and and realize uh, before you react. So to be able to get to that point where you're, I guess, self-aware of of your feelings, what do you suggest our, our listeners do or practice to be able to get there? So definitely it's a skill that takes a lot of practice and um, there's a couple things. In the moment, even when you're just beginning to practice the skill, I think in terms of the slowing it down, you can just focus, slow your breathing, feel your feet on the ground, feel your body in the chair. So when you do that, it kind of it brings you back to your physical body in the moment and, and that, that slows everything down. So you can you can practice that you know before I do anything let me feel my feet on the ground, feel my body in the chair, breathe. But in order to really get mindful, um, you need, the best way is to have some kind of a meditation practice, as well as to read literature and books on mindfulness, so you kind of you understand the concept. Um, so meditation can be different things. It can be just trying to. Practice watching your breath and kind of noticing, for example, when you a full breath, 
if you notice where it goes, it goes down the back of your nostril, down your throat, into your chest, your belly, and then it comes, it pauses, and then it comes back up again. So if you can just fi- spend, even beginning with five minutes a day, just watching your breath, watching all the places that your breath goes and following it in your mind's eye. And when your mind wanders, as it will, you just slowly, gently bring it back. So the most basic mindfulness is to use your breath as an anchor to try to get the focus of your attention on your breath. But your mind is going to wander. And the goal isn't to get your attention perfectly on the breath. It's more to notice what your mind does when it wanders. So maybe maybe it goes to a judging thought or maybe it goes to an itch or something like that. And or anger, just to, to notice it, touch it lightly, and then go back to your breath. So you're training the skill of, you know, when my mind goes off to these automatic places, I can I can mindfully bring it back. And it takes it takes a while to, to get that skill and you need to, you know, do it regularly, like several times a week and then lengthen the time you do it. But even when you begin to do it, you'll you'll notice a change. It's kind of about creating that habit, right? Like Chase and I were talking about it today about just creating habits and just sometimes you just have to do them until they become more instinctual and and just they happen naturally and it doesn't seem like it's much work, but it's just creating that repetition, that behavior that so it comes more natural to you. Yeah, exactly. And there are different practices. So that would be one. Another one, if some people don't find it hard to watch their breath, you could just go out and take a nature walk or just walk outside and you could tune into your senses. Like, let me notice everything I see. Now let me notice everything I hear. And now, you know, everything I smell, everything I feel in my body. So you can, you could, that can be a mindfulness practice too. We've talked about it on the past, in past episodes about mindfulness and meditation and it's, easy, you know, and it's, it's great that it's more and more in the lexicon and in, in podcasts and online. And so we're seeing it more now than ever, I think, as a tool to use to increase productivity. And, and, but a lot of times it it doesn't seem like the main thing is like improve your relationship, but it's (laughs) obviously there are people saying that, but to me, it's probably the one tool that I can do individually to improve uh, or that I find improves my relationship with Sarah is because if I, you know, if I can just take that Uh pause and, and just, even if it's not because I'm triggered, but to better communicate the way I want, to, you know, feel loved, you know, or just communicate mm-hmm. my wants and desires. It doesn't even have to be a stressful conflict situation. But uh, I think that now more than ever, our lives are busy. And if you have kids, they're even mm-hmm. busier. So if you could just mm-hmm. take that pause and, and it's, uh, I can't stress how important and valuable it can be to your individual and relationship happiness absolutely and you know it's more than breathing it's it's um, an attitude to living and an attitude to yourself and other people and the attitude i think is one of respect it's one of of 
of being of caring, of being compassionate, of getting off your automatic pilot and your distraction and, and actually focusing on the person, listening about listening to them, seeing them as a full human being, you know, what do they need, what are they feeling, what makes them happy. And it's that kind of an attitude to life that can really strengthen the love in your relationships, I think. I love that. That's another great thing is is like taking that pause and, and, and putting yourself in your partner's shoes, you know, and it's easy. The empathy. Uh-huh. Yeah, empathy. Yeah. Yeah, what are they, what's it like to be them? Beautiful. So we got these first two, slowing things down and staying mindful when we're dealing with stress. What is the third thing that we can do? So I think it's something that you can do in life generally and um, in relationships in particular is is to try to really differentiate what you can control and what you can't control. And many times, you know, people have these same old discussions like trying to change their partners, trying to make, you know, their partner do something that the partner doesn't want to do. And they kind of start, they butt heads. And many couples just have the same discussion over and over and over again, you know, getting very upset, but it actually never goes anywhere because everybody's kind of, you know, maybe the person is a certain way and you want them to be another way, but they can't be, or, you know, it's not authentic to them to be that way. Maybe somebody's an introvert and you want them to be an extrovert or something like that. Um, so I think part of it, um, a wise thing to do is to figure out if you say there's something your partner does or, or, or something they communicate that upsets you, it might be thinking, well, is this a controllable thing or an uncontrollable thing? Like, you know, is this something that my partner can easily change or you know, can they change it? Or is it just an intrinsic part of them that I have to learn to accept and to be more tolerant of? And so kind of, you know, having that kind of an approach means that there's things you can do. You know, you can ask for change if you think it's a changeable thing. If you can, you know, ask in a kind of a kind or mature way. Uh, you can communicate to them how that behavior makes you feel. But there's some things, you know, you can't, there's, we also all have our, our temperament that's, you know, wired at birth and we, we, we are who we are in certain ways. Uh, and so there's other things about your partner that you just have to accept and learn to maybe have a different attitude towards. And so that, you know, that can be a big piece with relationships as well, getting off that butting heads about trying to control somebody. That's an interesting one. And we could do a couple <laughs> shows on that is, is knowing when it's something that you just need to accept. And then also when it's something that might be a deal breaker for you, or sometimes it's in between, you know, and, right, and exactly. so it's, uh, it's an interesting one, but maybe the solution is, is to communicate that with your partner, if it's something that you desire, um, that you know is out of your control, but uh, you like it when your partner does that. And then your partner can receive that and say, well, I, I, if that makes you happy, you know, depending on what it is, I, I might try mm-hmm. to do that. But then the first partner needs to maybe understand that wherever that goes, uh, you have to be okay with it in, in that it's not in uh, our control. We can't control our partner. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of a combination, I think, you know, of trying to work on yourself in ways, you know, if things you are doing are kind of distressing to the partner or things you, you could do more of the things that make your partner happy. Um, like if you are naturally romantic, or, you know, to try to be a bit more romantic, for example, that's something you can probably change. It's behavioral. Um, but maybe you can't completely change your anxiety level. Um, you can do some things, but there's also a temperament factor. So that would be an example of like one, you have to, you need to work on yourself, but then you also need to work on being tolerant and accepting of, you know, who your partner naturally is and maybe seeing some of the strengths in that. Yeah, there's degrees, right? And I I just want to, I just think this is such an interesting one because it, it is a, a cornerstone of like, a relationship is two different people and them accepting each other, but then as they are, but then I, I tend to think that we are fluid. Like certainly we have natural temperaments, but if, if I just said to everything, Sarah didn't like that I did, well, sorry, I'm just messy. That's the way I am. <laughs> sorry. The room's a mess you know, I, because that's pretty natural to me is just to leave clothes on the floor. But Sarah is communicating her needs and, and her desire to not have a dirty room. So then as her partner, I got to say, you know what, I'm going to change myself or, and, and I'm, I'm not going to be perfect, but I think the big thing is acknowledging, you know, that I go, hey, okay, uh, I, I can see uh, that you want a clean room and I'm going to try to, to have a clean room for you because I know it makes you happy and I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. And then she's got to know. Be important. Exactly. Uh-huh. That's key because it's almost like, yeah, she knows it's not going to be perfectly clean all the time, but that I know, and I'm verbally acknowledging that it's important to her and I want to do it because it's important to her and I'm going to try. I think that's a, that's a key distinction. And, and, and then to really make that effort and you'll both be in a better place. I agree. And especially, you know, and that's the controllable stuff. You certainly can work on yourself and, you know, control how messy you are and try to be more thoughtful. And I think we have, we all, that's going to make our relationship more successful. I think when people see that we're trying, they feel cared about even if we don't get it 100% right. You know, there's a sense of like, you hearing me, you know, seeing my need, you being responsive to me, which are really very comforting, you know, to people. It makes them feel close to you. Um, some of the things I think that are a bit trickier might be things like one person's religious and the other person's not religious. Um, just one person wants kids and the other person doesn't want kids or something. Some, sometimes these things are just, you know, it's much more tricky. And with that, I think if you are going to be with a person, maybe there has to be some level of acceptance of, okay, this is, you know, the fundamental value of theirs. Maybe it's different than my value, but you have to decide if you can live with it. Um, You can try to, you know, come together, but sometimes you can't take away something from someone that's a fundamental value. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. And they are tricky. And that's why (laughs) we try to do like a whole podcast on... (laughs) One Those that's individual. one, yeah. and and there's no right or wrong way to navigate it, but there's definitely tools. But we will get to that uh, on a future one. But these uh, the general idea of of 
differentiating what you can and cannot control uh, is a valuable tool that you're going to be able to be a lot more stress-free than just thinking you got to control everything in the relationship. So let's go to the next Uh tool that we can use to help deal with stress. But first, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by Babbel. Babbel is the number one selling language learning app in the world. Not only can you learn Spanish, which is super helpful when we use it uh, because we're living in Costa Rica, but sí. you can also learn, oh, see, sí, Sarah's been practicing. <laughs> you can also learn French, Italian, German, Russian, Swedish, and more. Babbel's short 10 to 15 minute lessons are available on the app or online and are designed to get you speaking confidently in your new language within weeks. And that's why I love using Babbel because like Chase said, we are living in Costa Rica and it helps you learn real life practical situations like ordering food or asking for directions uh, or just talking to you know, somebody walking down the street. <laughs> you say, hola. Exactly. Stella does. <laughs> to a random stranger. <laughs> Just practicing my Spanish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so go to babble.com and use offer code I do to get 50% off your first three months. That's babble, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, offer code I do for 50% off your first three months. Today's episode is also brought to you by Simple Contacts. If you wear contact lenses and find yourself dreading that annual appointment to renew your prescription, then you're going to love Simple Contacts. It's a great new company that makes this annoying process super easy. Simple Contacts lets you renew your expired contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of lenses from your phone or computer in minutes. Basically, they bring the doctor's office to wherever you are, whenever you need it. And with our crazy life and schedule, anything that can save us time is a win. So when Stella is able to wear contacts, right now she's in glasses, (laughs) we are going to be signing her up. And you can take the simple contacts vision test online in five minutes. A real doctor reviews it. And if your vision hasn't changed, renews your prescription. You save time, money, and you save the headache of going to the doctor's office. And if you already have an unexpired prescription, just upload a photo of it or your doctor's information and order your lenses in minutes at a great price. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses and their prices are unbeatable. The prescription is just $20, which saves you so much money compared to all the doctor's visits and the appointments. Like we said, Stella wears glasses, so we know that it can get pricey. Gas, driving there. Yep, <laughs> everything. Uh, they have the best prices and shipping is free. Best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first Simple Contacts order. So to save $20 on your contact lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com slash I do and enter the code I do at checkout. We also want to mention that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need those occasionally, but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed. Again, check out Simple Contacts and get $20 off by going to simplecontacts.com slash I do or just enter code I do at checkout. 
So the next tool is um, broadening your view. Uh, so one of the things that most many people don't know is that when your amygdala is acting up and you're in that fight or flight state and your anxiety is high, what tends to happen is that it also affects the focus of your attention. And what happens is your, your attention narrows onto, onto the threat. So your brain's going threat, 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 threat. Got to do something about it. Got to do something about it. Got to act. Got to run away. Got to fight. And, and you, get, you end up with a kind of a tunnel vision, like a very narrow perspective where you, you, just, you can't let go of thinking about the threat. And, you know, you see this in people in day-to-day life. You see ruminating or you see, you know, one person like constantly nagging the other person about something. Um, because they, you know, they say, you've got to earn more money or, you know, whatever it is. And they just, they keep harping on it and, um, nagging and, and, you know, that's, uh, that's, they end up always not seeing the other person because they're so focused on that threat. Um, but you can begin to notice that and, and try to do something about it. And I guess the catchphrase I have is broaden your view. And what I mean by broaden your view is deliberately try to get your attention away from just thinking about a threat to having to having a broader view of your life and you know and trying to just put that particular thing in its place that it's one piece of your life maybe it's an uncontrollable piece but it's not your whole life and you know and so a broader view might be to think about positive aspects of your relationship say just really wish your partner would earn more money for example so you know you would try to take your focus away from that to sort of think about you know, the positive qualities that your partner does have and, you know, the happiness they give you. Maybe you might think of other ways, you know, to to get more money into the relationship. Like maybe you could do more. Maybe the two of you could talk about it together, but in a more collaborative way. Um, And so, you know, it's redirecting your brain chemicals and your energy to having a a more grounded perspective and um, a broader perspective that's calming. And that also brings in the positive. This is another great one. I I love it. And they seem so simple and people are listening are like, yeah, broaden your view. Sure. But it's so easy. Like our, our, I don't want to call it, you know, the dumb brain. It's so easy to ruminate and just be like, man, my partner is not doing this. And, uh, and, and we Mm -hmm. create this narrative of, of that and focus on that. At least I do. And, and sometimes, uh-huh. and, and it's do, just, uh-huh. right. We all do. And, and it's just not valuable. But when I can go, you know, it, it annoys me that Sarah did that, but guess what? It's not that big of a deal. And she's an amazing mom. And then I can focus on, you know, all mm-hmm. the other things. She's, she's always so happy and she never nags me and all this. And then my brain, it's like, tricking your dumb brain and now your dumb brain's like <laughs> yeah that that it, it just kind of forgets what it was upset about and and it's such a valuable tool and i just want to say another thing to think about it when broadening your broadening your view and i just think a great tool in general is how insignificant we are just floating on this rock in the middle of a universe that is so immensely big, we cannot even comprehend. <laughs> and and your your <laughs> your anger at your spouse for not cleaning the room will seem and is <laughs> like the most ridiculous thing. There's a there's a video I shared it with Sarah the other week. Did you watch it? Which one? 
it's it's like there's a few of them. But oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. It zooms in on like the Earth, and then it zooms out and, and to the <laughs> solar system, and then it zooms out to you know the the uh, the galaxy. And our galaxy, the Milky Way, has billions of stars, and and we're just one of billions of galaxies. I mean, it's just it's I maybe we can link to it in the show yeah. notes, but it's like ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, the, when you, when you then watch something like that and then to think that, that these little insignificant things, like we're just such a, to, to quote the Eagles, uh, dust in the wind. We're just, we're just, is that the Eagles? I don't know. I think it's the Eagles. No. We're just dust in the wind. So, but really like, it's such a great perspective that broadening the view to the giant macro macro like I'm talking about or even just the the little bit of a macro of all the other great things that that your partner uh exhibits and it wasn't Eagles it's Kansas by the way Kansas okay <laughs> dust in the wind so sorry I just went off there but I think it's such a valuable thing thank you I was like me and I I'm also thinking um you know it's broadening the views I get um, one of my colleagues um Rick Hansen, who wrote Buddha's Brain, he, he talks about the brain is um, Velcro for the negative and Teflon for the positive. And, um, you know, so the negative we cling to and the positive just like slips. <laughs> so we forget about it and then we don't pay attention to it. So you really have to try to, to re, retrain your brain, you know, to focus on the, on the, on the good things and on the, on the broad things and you know, on the, on the big things that maybe you're accomplishing as a couple, even if you know, day to day you're fighting about the bills or the cleaning the room or whatever it is. Well, one thing that Chase had mentioned that stood out to me um, during his quote unquote rant was about, <laughs> mi- about mindset and having the right mindset, because it's so important how you can like trick your brain, like he was saying, and that, uh, that is actually your, your last tool is mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. having the right mindset. Exactly. Yeah. Find the right mindset. Uh, there's some research that shows, you know, how you view your stress matters. So, I mean, stress is a part of life and it's a part of relationships. You know, there's, uh, it's not necessarily unhealthy to fight in a relationship. In fact, it's not even unhealthy to fight in front of your kids as long as you, you're modeling like, you know, ways to resolve conflict that are constructive. Um, but basically, sometimes, you know, when people get stressed, they, they either focus very narrowly on like survival type stuff, you know, on the, or on the small thing that's irritating you. Or sometimes people just focus on avoiding stress and that can do a lot of harm in relationships more than you realize. So, you know, sometimes there's a partner that just doesn't want to talk about it. You know, I don't want to talk about that topic because we're just going to get in a fight and, you know, and I want to avoid a fight because that's stressful or, um, you know, I, yeah, or, you know, you, I can see you mad at me and, and I don't want to actually deal with that because it's, it's too stressful. So I'm going to just, you know, just stay, avoid you or, or not have any serious discussions with you or, or you know, spend more, a lot of time on my own watching the sport on TV or playing on my cell phone, whatever it is. Um, the thing is that, you know, that can erode the relationship because the issues don't get addressed, but also um, because the other partner gets resentful. Like here, you know, and I want to tell you something that's just really important to me that's really affecting my happiness and it seems you don't care. You're just ignoring me and walking away. Sometimes that does, you know, 
as much harm or even sometimes more harm than the fighting because you start to feel alone and like you don't have a partner. So, you know, the right mind, um, the right mindset is more about don't focus so much on trying to avoid stress or, or just avoid conflict, but, you know, focus on the larger goal. Like this is something that it may be uncomfortable to deal with, but, and, you know, we need to deal with this and, and hopefully we can, we can understand each other better and find a way to grow and compromise. And also maybe focus on the skills you have to deal with the situation. So, you know, I, okay, well, you know, I can communicate what I need. I can try to compromise. I can try to, you know, see it from a more adult perspective, um, things like that. It's uh, another one of those things that it's, it seems like, yeah, sure, get, get in the right mindset, but it's, it takes practice. So like all these tools you mentioned, we have to deliberately practice them because unfortunately, we're not all born just perfectly able to navigate uh, a relationship or even the relationship with ourselves. And, and I think we sometimes don't even realize something is not working great until uh, you hear something like this podcast and and you go, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm not great at handling mm-hmm. stress. And hopefully uh, we're reaching people that way. And then and now they're getting the tools or there's people out there who are searching. And I think that's the vast majority because if you're, if you're looking for a relationship podcast, you probably know that you want to work on your relationship or you want to get these tools. So it, it's one thing to hear them and understand them, but then you really have to deliberately put them into practice. So maybe just start with one thing. If it's as simple as breathing, taking that pause and, and just don't even think about the other things we talked about today until you've kind of dialed that in and, and you take that that pause and just that's going to have a huge benefit. And, and guess what? It never ends. It's not like we just figure it out and, and now we're good. And I mean, it constantly <laughs> have to uh, practice these things so that, that, that silly amygdala doesn't take over and, and uh, steer us the wrong direction. So uh, we've really enjoyed all of this great information. And uh, we, I know I'm going to continue. I, I, these aren't, incredibly new things to me, but I need to, I think Sarah and I, but we need to be reminded. We need to constantly be reminded and, and practice. Like I said, it's all about that practice. So, uh, Melanie, we really appreciate all this great information. Why don't we finish up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you online a little bit about your book and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. Thank you. Um, so you can find me online at um, my website is drmelaniegreenberg.com. So that's dr melaniegreenberg with an e dot com. Um, or you can just Google Melanie Greenberg PhD and, and, and the website will come up. And um, on my website, you, I also um, have resources. I have blog posts about relationships, managing anxiety, stress proofing your brain, things like that. And I also have a newsletter you can sign up for. Um, I also write a blog for Psychology Today, and it's called The Mindful Self-Express, Self-Express. So um, there's lots of articles there on stress relationships and so on. 
And um, finally, I wrote a book last year called The Stress-Proof Brains, um, published by New Harbinger. And it basically tells you about the biology of stress, but then it moves on to very concrete kind of tools and exercises and um, research and practices that can help you develop a stress-proof brain where you can be more calm, positive, resilient, caring, and so on. Um, Yeah, so those are some of the things. And you can get my book on Amazon. Excellent. We'll have the links to your website and your book and Amazon on our show notes page on idopodcast.com. And so our listeners know to go there to, to check out those references. So again, thank you so much for joining us and we welcome you back anytime. Thank you so much. Hi guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, we are all here for each other. Um, The group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook, Love Tribe Fam, and you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our flagship course, Spark My Relationship. We hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more. As always, thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com